What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Anik MF, and you're listening to another episode of When Matriarchs Gather. In today's episode, I had the joy to have a great conversation with Christelle Saint-Julien, who is a new friend in my heart, an amazing writer, musician, and all-around creative. In our conversation, we talked on public speaking, anxiety, mental health, families, and much more. It got deep, y'all, but there were also many laughs. Hope y'all enjoy. Okay, so today we have Christelle. (laughs) Christelle is in the building, so excited. Um, This is actually the first interview I'm doing at home, so this feels feels nice. I'm excited. Um, So, Christelle, if you had to use three words to um, describe yourself in this moment, either like towards the public or towards like how you're feeling, what would those three words be? This is an excellent question. I think I would use the word frazzled, um, thoughtful, and live i'm not dead <laughs> you hear you hear with yeah. me <laughs> i love it i love it that's so great frazzled and thoughtful i love that that's like a nice like you know i think that some people might see as, as that as like um polarity but for me i almost feel like they're they're kind of hand in hand in a lot of ways polarity would be my middle name i think <laughs> i dwell frazzled, a lot polarity thoughtful that's a, that's a really nice <laughs> You know, that's a typical Haitian name, you know, with long names. (laughs) (laughs) Taking notes for my future kids. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Speaking of kids, um, my son is on my back. So if y'all hear some snoring, that's what that is. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Christelle is a musician, a writer, um, an editor. Um, What are some of the other hats that you carry these days? That's about it. I'm also just a person, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think that that was a good uh, good explanation of what. The, I do. Yeah, the, all right, <laughs> nice. Um, I wanted to have Christelle in. Um, I mean, for a number of reasons, but particularly because we were on a panel, uh, or we were supposed to be on a panel together, an event called Protest in Pedagogy. And the panel was called Race, Representation, and Public Memory, commemorating the 50th anniversary of the Sir George Williams affair, which is a whole thing that I don't feel like we really need to get into right now. (laughs) Yeah, do the Google. (laughs) Yeah, do the Google, exactly. (laughs) And then also, um, I mean, I've I've written some pieces that'll be up online. But um, yeah, so we were supposed to be on this panel together. And then, Christelle, you weren't feeling well that day. But then also there was like other like subtext there. And I think that that's something that resonates with a lot of people in terms of just what does it mean to be asked to show up in spaces that are not safe for us or welcoming in certain ways and yes I'd love to talk about that and talk about where would you want to be sharing your yourself in this world you know great so the way that I decided to participate into this event it's just for me was not some occasion to write and to write about something that means a lot to me so I scrambled a lot, read a lot, just trying to figure what I wanted to say about it. And that was uh, really excruciating. I didn't expect that. As I'm someone who just writes a lot. That's that's my job. That's my day job, too. And uh, that was that one was a little bit of a difficult bird, and I didn't expect that to be because I thought I had an idea of where I wanted to go. And I ended up shifting and learning so many different things. And... Um, so what happened is that I just really grew anxious about presenting my paper for a number of reasons. First, I'm just extremely anxious as a person. It's a disorder. I like I have treatment for that. And just sometimes it just manifests itself into weird ways that are very inconvenient. Mm. And uh, I hate canceling. It's not something I do often. But when I feel like it's something I should do, I try to respect that because uh, I know my limits. So I woke up this morning, that morning, and I just physically was not feeling well also. And I was just like, okay, my body is actually telling me (laughs) not to get out of my house today. So I'm not going to do that. But what was stressing me out before 
I was sick, when I was still fully sure that I, I wanted to go present, it's just that I didn't have a good, a good, um, I was not ready for people to ask questions about what I thought and what was my experience. It's just not, not something I, I'm used to and it's not something I do well with. Writing being my my way to express what I think, it's not, it's hard for me to be asked on the spot what I think. And it's just, it's always this sort of anxiety I have about thinking out loud and making my thoughts as I speak, which is exactly what I'm doing right now. <laughs> but it's different when we're, you're feeling comfortable, right? Or when you're dreading it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, being uh, a writer and someone who enjoys reading, I just go to a lot of, uh, um, you know, book tours or just little panels and conferences where writers present their work. And I always dread the Q&A period, although I have nothing to do with it. I'm not the one answering questions, but I'd be like, I wouldn't want to to respond to this question mm. not because it's, it's a bad question just because i don't have an answer or the answer is personal or like you have a right not to answer a question and it's just in society these days not something you're allowed to you always have to explain everything you do and i find that really hard and i realized that i was not ready to do that it's it's like it's easier to just drop what you have to say and then think about it and then get back to it later which like I felt the need to do. So going into a school, even if a school where I studied, and being asked by your by your chair and being asked to read and like I sh- it just felt like I just felt that that I would be attacked. Although it's not the intent, it's just like how I feel generally. Like when I'm being asked uh, questions about something I, I cared, and the other layer of to that is just that. I was not paid to do this, you know, just like I put a lot of work into it and (laughs) I love writing. So I just, I I don't, I didn't mind at the time, like just writing for for writing, but it's just like getting out of my house at like 8am to like be on the spot and ask questions. I just felt a lot. I just felt like it was a high price to pay personally and mentally like for something that would not manifest into my bank account Mm -hmm. so it was a combination of all these things and it's just like i really applaud the people who went i think it's uh i don't like using the word brave but i nothing really comes to mind but it's just like it's hard to get out of your house and just talk about something especially this type of subject matter and just defend your opinion and explain yourself and just having this like hard dialogue it is hard and i don't do it every day and not that day I just didn't feel like doing it so I'm really happy that I respected myself in that yeah although I just there's always part of me is like oh come on you should have been able to do this Mm. and that's like that's um that's like the societal shame that like somehow manifests itself in our own brains you know yeah um yeah I, I appreciate you like sharing that with us I uh yeah, there's so many things I want to respond to. So um, on one level, I guess that I want to say that I feel so much solidarity for you in the sense that as black people, particularly in this month, black labor, like I call Black History Month Black Labor Month. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what it really pretty is. accurate. Um, it's a lot to be asked to speak on behalf of often and to be put in these positions. And oftentimes it isn't remunerated and it's a, definitely a heavy weight. And then, like you said, there's like we're just sometimes in different places in our mind and in our process and where what we're willing to share, what we're not willing to share. Um, for myself, I was at the panel and I felt a lot of the same things that you felt. But I, I went because with this particular piece and I don't feel this way about everything because each thing I do is different but with this particular piece I actually was open to dialogue I wanted to defend the certain certain points and I really wanted to go and speak this at Concordia in particular and so it was like an interesting opportunity for me to do that and it, which is why I let certain things about like remuneration and um, how early it was you know I had to get yeah. yo man I had to set my I left my home at seven in the morning brought my son to my mom you know what I mean to make it that happen for me to be able to be there and um, you know for for just to be able to participate and um, 
Yeah, definitely. Like it, that's and it's like it's not even a um, uh, a critique to the organizing. It's that's how the institution is made. First of all, like um, oftentimes mm-hmm. academics don't get remunerated for reading their articles or et cetera, et cetera, because it's kind of seen as like a privilege to be able to present in a conference because you get some sort of um, intellectual remuneration for that. I am not an intellect. Me neither. <laughs> I mean, I got a big old brain, but <laughs> other than that, you know what I mean? So I don't get, you know, it's not like I'm on some track for ten- tenure or whatever the sort. Yeah. So, like, I don't get remunerated in that, that way. Um, and so, yeah, so th- that's definitely um, very frustrating. And then uh, on another tip, it was, like, frustrating to for me to be, like, you know, my black sister got put in this position and, you know, you're talking about being brave to get there. It's, it's brave to be like, I'm not going to be there. You know what I mean? Like to have to be like in a situation where you wake up and you're like, OK, I got to listen to my body. I have a whole other set of things that I'm not comfortable with. I know that canceling is going to be seen in X, Y, Z way. Mm-hmm. And I'm still going to respect myself. I'm still going to do what needs to be done in this moment. And then on top of that, to later be like, and I'll still find avenues to share what I needed to share because I know that my mind is important and everything I have to say is, is valuable, you know? So I think that you're brave for doing that and then to be sharing the story with, with everyone, like that's a special thing. Yeah, and I, I was like thinking about... So in my piece, um, I spoke a lot about like the like Concordia as a space right. and just like what it's meant to be a student there and to be an employee there, like what, what that's felt like for my body. And I think that, you know, when you, <laughs> you were talking about just like uh, to come and speak at, at this school that you went to, I think like even more so because you went there, yeah. like you have a legacy of understanding what that space means for us feeling welcome or unwelcomed or whatever you know what I mean like there are feelings there it's like the it's and it's very tangible right Mm -hmm. um and then to have to go there and speak your truth or thoughts and then actually I went to this beautiful commemoration of the congress of black writers which happened around the same time yeah Uh, it was in 68 not in 69 and so um, Maison Nighty and Maison Nighty, man, I swear they just do it right. Oh, <laughs> love that just place. Like, like they, every time I go yeah. there, I'm like, y'all just do things right. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> and um, so one of the things that they had these panels, and it's the first time, like you mentioned this, it's true, like Q&As have become like really the standard. Mm-hmm. This was the first time I've been to a panel in a really long time that it was like panel back to back and there was no Q&As. It was like people said their their feelings. Um, they limited it to about like five minutes per person. Obviously, you know, some people went over that. <laughs> That's what it is. Some people long-winded into this life, you know, but everybody had their like time and then they went from panel to panel. And it was actually really interesting for me as an audience member to sit there and be in a position where it's like, as opposed to constantly thinking that you need to argue mm-hmm. or agree or disagree or whatever, to just sit and Intake, you know, in the same way that we intake books or we, you know, like this opportunity to hear. And um, and it was such a it was such a beautiful experience. And then afterwards, after all the panels were done, um, they fed us, which was another (laughs) great thing. I was like, yo, that respect. And then after that, then there was workshops and people split up in the room. Um, You could go to different like there was different themes. Like so, for example, there was one which was like. Um, where were the women during this time? And mm-hmm. da, da, da. And then you're in this situation where you're like in a circle with a bunch of room uh, people and there's a facilitator and you get to speak whatever kind of came up during the, the series of panels, right? Like you listen to all this stuff and you probably, you know, you've been bubbling, you've been thinking about things and you want to express it. And now it's no longer a conversation with this X, Y, or Z panelist where it's like almost a, either... Um, like a celebration of that person or like a takedown of that mm-hmm. person. Cause that's often what happens, right? It's like yeah. we're on one side or the other. Like I love you or I really can't stand anything that you're saying. Yeah. Um, and then, but it's more a conversation between community and all these people t- together. And yeah, it was such a refreshing format. And I really do feel like, like you're right. You know, we're often put in these situations where we defend our position or share how we, our process mm-hmm. Um, to what got us here, which might not be where we're at. Yeah, and 
what you described like sounds like a dream i would have loved to attend this and or to be part of such a kind of event because yeah it is it's just hard to be there to begin with and then not knowing what you're what awaits you at the end is just like very very hard and i think it's great that there is no q any after it's just like you have all the resources now nowadays with technology or whatever to just send an email to the person after oh, for sure. or just talk to them after i feel like i don't want to say that it's not okay to ask questions but it's just like it's hard to just be up there on a stage and like answer yeah. the best of your capability and one other thing i think is hard is just sometimes you don't have an answer and like you want to say i don't know and it's just people won't take that for an answer it's just because it's not you're supposed to know you're yeah, supposed because to you've been you know you've been positioned as the expert because you're up on yeah. stage right and, and um like when are, when are we going to realize that we're all you know we're all learning we're all in yeah, the process exactly um i also feel like one of the things that happens with question and answers periods and i say this because i know i'm guilty of it myself is that there's certain people who are more vo more vocal yeah and more like that kind of in the, the moment um, uh -huh. response i love these people i'm, I'm just not person. one of them I'm, I'm that person and so yeah. that's why i'm like i know i'm guilty of it <laughs> because like, every question yeah. yes i'm always the first person to have a question i'm like and then i was thinking uh, you know what i mean and which is like it can be sometimes beneficial because sometimes mm -hmm. maybe I am in tune with the room and, and asking questions that maybe, you know, everyone else wants to be talking about or whatever. But at times I'm sure it's, it's you know, more of a um, self-interested moment where I have particular queries that might only speak to, speak to my reality. Right. Um, and because I have a, a, a voice that carries or people recognize, that's another thing mm -hmm. is that people recognize me at a lot of events. So they're, um, you know, they'll see a, a flurry of hands and they'll see my hand and they'll like recognize me and might be, give me the mic when they wouldn't necessarily yeah. give it to another person. Like it just becomes a very... Yeah, it's not, I don't think it's the most democratic mm -hmm. <laughs> experience for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. The whole passing the mic situation. And I just feel like they're within the people that ask the questions and like the person that is presenting, it's just like this whole aspect of performance that I'm not comfortable mm. with. Like as someone who like performs as a musician, it's very different from the person I am in real life. And it's just like, when I feel like I have to do these things, I have to put on the same uh, sort of separation. And it's just, it's a lot. It's like, why can't I just, you know, relax and like be myself? And I just feel like I can't do that when uh, all eyes are on me. Mm. Um, so Christelle is part of this wonderful book that's coming out very soon. Yes. Black Writers Matter. Mm-hmm. And um, from what I understood of this book, it's it's not just talking about the right writing experience as a black person, but just to congregate black writers and, and highlight their their thought, their expertise and kind of create this like canon of black Canadian writers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, it's just I'm even more proud to be part of that project now that I read the book because there's so much and it's just there's so much that it's hard to see exactly what it's about because there's people write about what they felt are writing like we did, didn't have any like specific mm. and yeah it's just to it's almost being like hey by the way we're here look at this beautiful book with this beautiful cover and beautiful writing and like you should have it you must have it and for me it's an anthology and it's just like kind of reconcile me with anthologies because like yeah you realize that things don't need to be about one thing mm. they can be about several things and this is just what it is so i'm very excited to for that book to come out i've been so happy to know that it actually it's actually a project that's coming to life and i know it's gonna have a long-lasting impact at least on me so one thing good but it's definitely something that like I want to pass on to people. Oh, for sure. I'm so excited. Well, um, as soon as it comes out, I'll definitely put the link out for people to go and purchase it. Um, one of the things I was thinking about that antho anthology, having not read it yet, mm -hmm. is just the, what it means to be together and to write together. And then 
in this context to speak together, right? And so I selfishly missed you up on this panel because I was like, like what, and I'm happy that we're having this opportunity to find a new way to do it, but it's just like, what does it mean for us to be able to speak together, to, to have like coming from like similar or non-similar backgrounds and create an anthology of our thoughts and mm -hmm. um, the ways that we see the world and the different perspectives that we have on maybe the same types of events. I see so many writers doing that right now and I'm really inspired by that. And I wonder what's happening. And like, I feel like the way that, uh, you know, like uh, keynote speakers and et cetera, et cetera, is being positioned, there's more and more of a push towards the individual mm -hmm. while in writing there's more there's seems to be this kind of return to <clears throat> the collective right yeah i don't know if you have any thoughts about that but i've just been thinking about like what why is it that we have these like two things that are almost like counterintuitive you know like why are yeah. they going away from each other in this way that's a beautiful reflection anik i think uh i think as a writer i'm very personally like careful or attentive about narratives and it's just like being aware that like often the voices that we hear because it's so hard to have your voice here heard when you're um in a less privileged position it's just like there's this whole danger of the single story mm. and it's just i think people who get together in collective not only like l'union fait la force like okay. the more together like the better outreach but it's just like it's like hey here's like multiple perspective on one thing or also on several things it's mm -hmm. just like that's what i'm so happy about that book it's just like you there's stuff that will make you cry laugh stuff you'll disagree stuff you agree stuff that is beautiful stuff that is less beautiful and i think that's exactly what we're trying to represent it's just like there are so many different layers to all things and for other people for the quotation mark majority it's just like we know that everyone's so different and there's so many like beautiful nuances but i feel like for us who are like less um represented it's just like often confined to like one point of view or one force and it's just like when you're a group of people there's like more East to just like divert from uh, the quotation mark and mainstream way to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I'm really like, I hope that there'll be, um, I mean, I, I guess that that's, this is one of the reasons why I want to do this show, why I do this show, I want Matrix Gathered, because it's just like, I feel like um, the collective voice is such an important voice, and um, to be able to bring in like stories and perspectives that are beyond my own and engage th with them on a weekly feels so mm -hmm. like, it really like feeds me on a, on a personal tip. I'm, I'm hell mad selfish y'all. I'm, yeah. I'm mad self-centered. <laughs> <laughs> the healing begins with me. <laughs> and I don't think it's a bad thing. I just feel like getting together is in itself a political act. It's an act of resistance. People mm -hmm. don't want you to get together with okay, like-minded okay. people. Oh, so like, sure. if you do it, even if you do it just for yourself, you're get it, doing something great for the greater good. And like, then you can, people will hear more about it because like as two people or more, you just know more people. And mm -hmm. I think it's uh, totally great to be self-centered about it. And often like great ideas come from self-centered perspective of like oh like if i'm feeling something i'm aching and i want to fix it and some people can benefit for it good mm -hmm. yeah be sure. then <laughs> you know <laughs> oh i love this you see i'm being endorsed y'all <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i'm go sign it i've been endorsed to do this <laughs> um, um but yeah i mean you know bringing it back to that same to to the panel that i saw at um Amazon that it's you, which I really do think that they're pioneers in, in everything that they do. Like Again, this is one of the things that they did is that they brought, I mean, one of the panels was like, I think it was the Black Writers panel, and there was like eight people on stage, mm -hmm. and all speaking to their like different view of what uh, it means to write as Black, and, um, and then the beautiful diversity of Black color <laughs> you know of, yeah. of just of um of gender of orientation of all of that you know what i mean like it was really 
um, exciting to see that. And I'm, and I feel like, like you kind of, le pressentiment that you had is, it's definitely not what was at the panel, right? The mm -hmm. panel was much more of a like academic feel. Like there wasn't, um, weaving mm -hmm. weaving in our work and i think it's because we call we come from very different worlds in in a lot of sense um either generationally or mm -hmm. the spaces that we work in or etc um and i feel like i'm excited to see what happens as we like find ways to weave with each other yeah. and not yeah to like to break these like kind of institutional tropes of just like my paper is my own paper and it doesn't yeah. to other other people you know absolutely that's like super interesting that you're saying that because being in my old like own like uh, circle of like freaking out and anxiety I just had I just had the feeling I was gonna present my paper uh, in front of people uh, and just talking to white people because that's what Concordia is to me. <laughs> that, that's what I went through as a student there. And it's just, I had no idea of knowing what, what kind of setup it would be, what kind of people are going to be there because none of these answers were, were provided to me. And I kind of like clumsily asked, but it's just like, <laughs> this was the great unknown. It's just like knowing that I'm really relieved. Like, I'm not saying that I was still... I wouldn't have done what I did. But um, what's great now is just like now I'm hearing about these people and I can like look into their work and like start engaging with it. And I think that's just the great thing about generally like conferences and panels. It's just like that's the reason I why I attend these events. Although I am not an academic, it's not a world I want to be part of. And I'm just a world that I'm super intimidated by while on another level, I love thinking and be try to have an intellectual approach on stuff but it's just like feel like these two worlds like don't often collide but it's just now it's time to look about what we can do towards that and mm -hmm. hearing about like these wonderful people that you mentioned that like do academic work too and just see if like that appeals to me and what I want to do about it and mm -hmm. reach out if I want to. Yeah. And, and what does it mean also for us as like younger black folk growing here? Mm -hmm. Like what space is given to us? What space is not given to us? And like where, um, where do we feel comfortable? Where we don't feel comfortable? Yeah. I'm really excited to see kind of how that continues to, um, to change because mm -hmm. like the face of the academy is going to have to change it's gonna Yay, have to... <laughs> we're here now hi <laughs> you know what I mean like I think it and it's really interesting to look like at the 50 year anniversary of like all of this work that's been done and it's like I think that um I honor and respect so much the work that our elders done did and um and I feel so re-energized by their work And then I wonder what what barriers we still have mm -hmm. um, and what remnants of the barriers that they had, because that's what happens, you know, like right. barriers get crushed down. But wh what about the the remnants? Yeah. <laughs> they're always still there. There's you know? something. Some... They're still there and they, they find like insidious ways to, to exist in other places and whatnot. And so one of the things I think for us is this like idea of professionalism and who is an intellect, who's mm -hmm. an academic, like all of these things, like is going to just have to be blown out of the water. So, so excited. <laughs> exactly. Looking forward to it. <laughs> it's about time yeah. now. We coming for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just take over. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just the takeover. That's just, we warned you. We forewarned you. If you didn't get it, that's, that's you lost the memo. That's your business. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's talk about some other stuff. I would love to hear more about your writing practice and what is it that is kind of your, um, like, what are you championing this these, these days? Like, what is it that's on your heart that you feel um, you want to be sharing with the world these days? Hmm. Wow. This is great because, like, that changes every week because uh, I'm extremely... Uh, curious and scattered and i easily get excited what's the word they used at the top of the show oh, Fra yeah. frazzled? frazzled i love it <laughs> <laughs> so uh things i want to share these days um regarding writing is just um i am very 
uh, grateful for University Presses, just like that's uh, our, our book, uh, Black Writers Matter. We're published on the University Press, and it's just like I feel like they don't get a lot of credits for the, mm. all the hard work they do. It's just like it's often not being giving the same like yeah credit is just like not the same like status so mm. this is great and it's just like they produce a lot of great work and like are much more uh, lenient to publish i think like things that get out of um, the mainstream mm. so that's one thing and uh other uh these days i think i was just so so plunged into this uh, essay that I was writing that I was have not been uh, reading essays lately while I just read a lot of these in general. So I'm uh, super about poetry. It's just like um, I'm. I was not a big poetry reader until very recently. Uh, it's not necessarily something that I frown upon quite, um, quite not actually. But it's just like when you read poetry, you just have to slow down. And that's just something I have a hard time doing. And now that I just realized that I can have like people like audiobooks, podcasts reading poetry to me, I was just like, whoa, this is so amazing. So this is something I've been doing a lot. It's just like, it's nice to think about words and what do they mean without actually trying to find a meaning where there is not like when you do with like nonfiction mm. in general, trying so hard and thinking about it so hard. And I was just like, Sometimes it speaks to you and sometimes it doesn't and it's just like still cool and beautiful. So yeah, definitely that. And in general, um, lately I just haven't been able to write longer works of fiction novels, which are like my first love. So it allowed me to discover book of essays, book of short stories mostly. So yeah, I think I'm very about the short um, these days and maybe I'm just a, a product of my generation you know like 140 <laughs> characters little text but uh, I think again like there's a lot to be discovered like um, there and it's just like as writer it's just like a beautiful way to just build a practice like it's just like we all often considered like as writer like you often see yourself and the society sees you as a writer once you like wrote a novel it's like mm. I'll probably write my novel when I'm 50 uh maybe not but it's just like there's so much other stuff to be written about so yeah oh i love that that's so um yeah that's really great to hear and it's so funny that po poetry is actually also recently kind of remade its way into my world mm -hmm. um for years i didn't like engage with it and i think that, like i've never heard anyone describe it as that but that what you said just resonated with me so much like i have not sat down <laughs> in a long time like I don't um like to I, just to think that things would uh, could slow down enough for me to be able to engage with poetry um it's like really yeah I feel like that's just such a poignant um point and then um but yeah recently I've been trying to to take take things slow or just uh, I guess be a little bit more intentional about my moves forward and mm -hmm. I think that in that poetry has kind of made its way back into yeah. my life so yeah that's really interesting I it's love great well saying. i'm not gonna lie like poetry like is super trendy right now yeah, it's and true. it's that's too and thing. it's just like i just think it's a wonderful thing and it's just like whether you're publishing your poetry on instagram or putting a book together it is valuable work and it's just like there's just different way for people to put it out there and mm -hmm. like we should just like get into it and read it your facebook statuses are very poetic <laughs> <laughs> yeah Co poetic comedy i love it thanks i love it i really well i don't try to be funny on social media but it's just like uh i like making people laugh but that also is a weird thing about my personality because i'm like not that i'm serious but i i just do boring thing in general like mm. writing about stuff and then just like uh also like i'm as a musician i play the harp and it's just like yeah and then you're old school <laughs> yeah and it's just like but i'm also like um uh, like very like i say a lot of stupid shit in general so like on my social media presence I, I try to make a point to just be like very cheesily true to myself and that's mm. it i don't want to project this idea of a professional polished person because i am just not that i i mean i appreciate it I'm like, these facebook statuses just like have me hollering i'm so hollering. happy that strangely like, means a lot 
And it's, it is, I think it should mean a lot because I'm not somebody who likes social media. <laughs> like, I really, I try to stay on it as little as possible. Oh. But then I'll see your post and I'm like, that's that's legit funny. I'm so <laughs> happy. I think it, it's, especially the franglais, like, um, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, come on, like that stuff speaks to me so much. And when you and when you like throw a little Creole in there, I'm like, I'm usually when I'm upset, I'm done. (laughs) Oh my god! That being said, I am not a comedian. I have so much respect (laughs) for people who do that for a living. It is so really difficult art, but like, I I just think like comedic relief is just a way I like. uh, make peace with all that stuff in mm. life. So. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for bringing it into my world because I am not a funny person. <laughs> but whenever you, whenever you some fun, I'll laugh. Man. I will laugh. <laughs> I'll be your clown. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of uh, like uh, professionalism and all this thing, uh, one of the things that they talked about at this panel of being a, um, of black writers and, and such is that um, a lot of people had a hard time uh, claiming their status as a writer, and and I think Ugh. you touched this on this on this idea of like, well, if you haven't written a novel and been published in this very particular way, then how can you? Um, for me, it's, it's funny when I hear the word writer like that because I always thought of it as like author. Author mm-hmm. is the one who's like yeah. in doing it, and then yeah. writer is the and so I'll, I'll use the word writer and I'll be eh, well, mm-hmm. I can kind of get away with that. But I was wondering if your day job mm-hmm. helped you claim that title a little bit more absolutely uh by day i am a copywriter it means that i, I write for different projects and company and it's just not necessarily creative work and sometimes it is and it is not and it's just like it's hard to make to produce like artistic and creative work and it's even if like you're a waiter by day or like someone who works in a store or whatever other all work is valuable sex work anything and you still have, uh, I hate this expression, a side hustle. It's just like... <laughs> How many you, side hustles? Too many yeah, side hustles. Yeah, but it's just, you are that. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's not because you do several things, especially to support yourself. It's hard mm. making a living that you're not the other thing. So, like, uh, I'm not, I'm not, what I'm saying right now is just like stuff that I heard uh, through uh, podcast people. Like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, with this idea, but it's just like... If you write, you are a writer. If mm. you if you act, you are an actor. Whether it's like amateur or like professional, it's just you don't have to be doing something forty hours a week to be it. Mm. So yes, just just go with it, and it's it is hard. And it's just whenever you say you're a writer, people will want to know what you do. So then, like, it makes you accountable to be like. Yeah, I actually love it. that you're saying that because. I have been really like um, adamant about writing. I'm a writer, I'm a media maker, and I'm an organizer. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, it keeps us accountable. Every mm-hmm. time people say that, they'll be like, oh, what you writing? I'll be like, oh, dang. <laughs> I haven't written a week. Dang. <laughs> what have yeah. I written? And I'm like, it forces you. And it, it's like, um, uh, what's the thing? It was just like, um, when you own it, then you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's like, if you are a writer, then you're going to get up and write, right? Yeah, and it's just like like all art forms, like writing requires a lot of thinking. So then sometimes for weeks I won't write, but I'm still thinking about it. And that's like more than writing in the, your yeah, brain. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just like when people ask, oh, like, where can I read you? I just say like, hey, just check out my Instagram and my website because my website is under construction. But it's just like, People like they don't they don't need to like go buy your book at Indigo. It's just yeah. like necessarily it's just like this thing you are what you say you are and you can also decide what you are. Don't let people define you. And sometimes I don't feel like talking about what I do, so what people ask me what do I do? I say nothing. You know, I just I yell, like to show people just, or like but it's sometimes it's like, you know, yeah. And you know, it's work. funny because it's like there's like we have such a hard time with these like creative titles and these like, you know, professional whatever. But like how many times have I said I was a student and not studied? Yeah, I mean, at all. That is <laughs> I mean, so real. Like you know, it's like it's like these titles that yeah. are kind of almost imposed on us. Of oh. like, if you're signed up for school, then you're a student. So I'm, I was like, I have for ju- so long. I've juiced that title. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, there were moments where I was like, yo, I haven't been to class. <laughs> 
in the last month. Do I deserve it? I am so dead at this. Just like, especially after I graduated, I was just, you're just so like, in my case, I was just so young and just didn't know what to do with my life. And Mm -hmm. just like in between, I was just, you know, working and trying to pay off my debt. And I was just like, I'm not a student anymore. But whenever people will ask me, I'm like, I'm a student. student. Like, it's just, what else am I supposed to say? Like, it's just like, where I work. You know, the the eternal identity, the kind of, the way that you kind of like protect yourself from not doing other things. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But it's just like, also you, you don't, you don't owe anyone to an explanation of what you do. You don't have to say what you do if you don't want to do. It's just like, we're very defined by what we make for a living. And it's just like, you don't have to tell people that if you don't mm-hmm. want to, if it's not something you want to disclose. Like, you can, like, some days I just invent myself a new identity all the time. <laughs> lies. Like, I love making yeah. up lies. People and it's like... just like, I just I roll with it. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just a, a cat owner. You know, I have a cat. And it's just like, <laughs> I just love her very much. Somebody so called like... me out on that once because I, like... <laughs> I, I have like I don't I, I think I used to do it a lot more when yeah. I was younger but I I would lie <laughs> like create straight up like whole new lives and whatever and then I would re-meet this person and they'd be like oh so how's like your husband and I was like no husband I never been <laughs> I ain't been married I'm like oh yeah I told you that eh huh <laughs> so, that's do I so go great. with? Do I finish this lie? <laughs> like, do I? You know what I mean? But it's like sometimes people put you in positions where yeah. you like feel like you need to create this alter self. Oh yeah, and it's just like it's a beautiful way to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Like it's just and and the hardest part is having no shame, being like, oh, I just said whatever because I didn't want to tell exactly. you. Exactly. Like, like I just lied. I just straight yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just I don't know. I have a hard feeling with like calling this a lie always, but it's just like something I used to do a lot when I was younger not understanding it was a lie but it's just like maybe i just want to tell you what you want to hear or mm. like maybe i this is what i wish right now and yeah. it's just like and i just like this is very me being a writer saying that but it's just like you're creating this whole beautiful story isn't it great yeah seriously i like, and i i applaud that in a lot of ways for sure for sure <laughs> it is art it is art and it's and it's resistance you know mm-hmm. it's like it's so many it's so many things so um, for all of those you out there <laughs> who are lying, yeah, <laughs> to to get yourself through your day to day, I feel you. It's I've like been an there. actor preparing for a role. Just oh, like, for just... real, man! And you know, it's like some of the things that I like. This wasn't necessarily lying, but mm-hmm. like projecting of like yeah. kind of taking on roles that I hadn't necessarily filled yet. Right. Um, you know, like whether that be like calling myself a filmmaker before my film actually mm-hmm. came out and that kind of stuff really did help me get there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like uh, lying on your CV. It's oh, like you yeah. write something you can Yo. do. Don't write and, something you cannot do. But yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's not because you haven't done it yet. yet. You're and capable. then you get hired and yeah. then you actually are able to like fully a- capable of being in that position yeah. so many times. That's how I started bartending, actually. Oh, uh, nice. I, 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 <laughs> like, I'm sure I'm like, capable. I was like, yeah, yeah. But I bartended at like several. Um, no, they were abroad. They were these restaurants abroad. Yeah. Um, but da, da, da. Yeah, and yeah. then I killed it. I was I love being a bartender, <laughs> but they wouldn't have given me the job if I didn't say I was well, that's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. That's so just, funny. Yeah, and <laughs> if you realize you can't do the thing, you have no interest. Like, just like peace out. You can just go do something else. You know. Like, yeah. Yo, <laughs> welcome to Christelle's TED Talk, yo. <laughs> Christelle is cooling, y'all. <laughs> Great no, schooling, y'all. I say a lot of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this whole podcast has been a lie. <laughs> Brought to you by Christelle. <laughs> Can I have a disclaimer? Like, do not try this at home. Straight <laughs> joke. joke. Oh my gosh. Oh man, I'm loving this. This is so good. All right, we are getting close to the end of this. Um, so, <laughs> it's just like you got me cracking up here. Um, before we go, mm-hmm. is there something that you feel? that people aren't talking about enough in the world that is kind of like just nine at the back of your head? Oh, that's a very good question. And I'm just like going to be self-centered because it's something I touch a little in my, in my piece uh, in the book. Um, I think like uh, we don't talk a lot about, the 
family, personal struggles of uh, people of color in general. Uh, it's just, it totally relates to my story, but I feel like we keep these very private, either it's just to project a Polish idea of like us having it together and trying to lead by example. But I think like within our personal stories um, and interpersonal stories, like we talk about the collective struggles and stuff, but often we don't talk about like they're very personal uh, within our people. Um, so I think like in that sense, just like reach out to people because uh, sometimes they have uh, family issues and they just don't feel like they can talk about it. They don't have an outlet for that. And it's a problem that I have even in general when uh, I talk to my therapist, whatever. I feel like a lot of shame talking about it because I never get to do that. And even within my friends who are black, white, and all people of color, I just feel always this like kind of anxiousness to talk about uh, personal things that are not directly, well, they're related to me, but it's just not just me. There's other people involved. Mm. So I think like this goes along to the fact that there's a lot of trauma that is passed on. And I feel like to break this these circles and to do better, we always we also have to talk about stuff that are going um, inside ourselves and our homes. And I'm just not telling to wash your dirty laundry. Laundry is that the expression? Yeah, dirty laundry for sure. But also, I'm like I'm ambivalent between that expression. I'm like uh, you can also like speak like about the things that are yeah, you know, more difficult and stuff. But um, yeah, it's just like it, I think we're doing a great job. We can always do better about talking about mental health and such. But it, often these things uh, run into people that are close to us, including relative family. And it's just like, also now, uh, that's something from my personal experience too, but like, uh, the population is getting older. We have to take care of our elders and that mm -hmm. can be difficult and we don't necessarily know how, and it can be isolating. So yeah, this was just a very, uh, long uh, rambling about <laughs> no it wasn't it was so um so on point and so important mm -hmm. like i really feel like i mean first of all on a personal tip i totally relate to that like um i feel like um as people cover color we have like the extra layer of like not wanting our families to be stereotyped mm -hmm. and um there's like all this stuff this like you know stigma and shame and all these layers of like why and then also just like upbringing you know like I mean, Haitian people don't, you don't talk about <laughs> your stuff outside of the home. Like, come on now. <laughs> like, don't, don't be trying to be dead. <laughs> so there's all like the cultural like yeah. background there and et cetera. Um, and, you know, not to say that white cultures don't have that. They have their, their set of pleasantries. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's be real. But um, yeah, for sure. And, and it's like, and what's at stake, right? Like also I feel like, um, you know, like whether that be like, um, if we talk about our family situations, does that mean our children will be taken away? Does that mm -hmm. mean our men will be part. jailed? Yeah. Like all these things. Like I feel like there's so many layers there that make it difficult for us to do that leap into like sharing and um, breaking that down. But like you said, mm -hmm. it like creates even more trauma mm -hmm. and um, mental health issues and like anxiety and all that. You know, it's like it's so it's so heavy in our communities. And um, yeah, I really appreciate you bringing that up because it's it's super real man it's super mm -hmm. real and um the different ways that mental health like ends up being like whew, how it like <laughs> manifests yeah. like so many yeah. levels you know what i mean like i honestly do not think that there's an like a person in my family that is mm -hmm. suffering from like um, poor mental health mm -hmm. in the sense that like whether it's like a full diagnosis mm -hmm. or just the fact mm -hmm. that you know like my hands are filled with eczema and mm -hmm. I'm always scratching myself because I have that kind of anxiety like it's it manifests itself in a lot of mm -hmm. different ways you know so right. um yeah but yeah, it's definitely. just like like if you know like a form of breast cancer I'm saying whatever because I'm not familiar with that runs your family it's just like sometimes it's worth checking that you have a you know, feeling could run in your family and it's hard and it's something you don't want to face but I'm just saying that it's just we kind of need to like you, you know 
look into it and just have it less stigmatized. Yeah, for sure. And then find, especially because I feel like in those situations, a lot of us end up leaning towards friendships as family. Mm -hmm. And so how do we create spaces within our friendships who are replacing a lot of the family structure? Um, Oh, somebody's up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Replacing the family structure. Like, how do we, like, allow for that to... um, to be a real like space, uh, like a safe space for for those kinds of conversations we could have. I had um, I was speaking to Megan actually. We were talking about how like we want it to be like we want to be able to talk about money between yeah. us because that's another stigma that people are just yeah. like, oh, you don't talk money, no, no, no. And it's like, well, like we're trying to transform mm-hmm. the problematic ways of the past, then we got to do we got to do better. Yeah. <laughs> and we gotta, I mean, we gotta just like create opportunities and get through the muddy the muddiness of it you oh know? yeah it's, it's not gonna be fun it's and like, then it gets clean <laughs> yeah exactly it's gonna be it's gonna be gross yeah. and like kind of nasty and, and like then, awkward and people are gonna get vexed oh people are gonna be super vexed but then you, they will get through yeah if they don't well move on <laughs> get new people that was christelle's final message <laughs> if they don't then move on <laughs> harder to do than just to say it like, yeah. <laughs> All right, this little one is up, so interview is officially over. <laughs> Au revoir. <laughs> Au revoir. Thank you so much for listening. Christelle, how can we um, stay in touch with everything that you're doing? So um, since, like, I'm a Caldini match, we'll see my website is under construction. Mm-hmm. It will be uh, at some point, so that's where I usually publish. Okay, so what's the name of your website for if in the future people want to? It will be... Uh, ChristelleSaintJulien.com. Okay, com. like <laughs> saying with the S-A-I-N-T. Yeah, yeah just the way I, I write it. The whole, the whole thing. Don't be trying to do S-T, okay? No, it's, it's just like not me. <laughs> <laughs> all the people do all the time. Um, I just used that version of my name because that's what's written on paper. Yeah, like exactly. if I wanted to make it easier, I would have chopped it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just also repping my uh, ancestor who yes. really don't bear my name. Yes. But other than that, you can follow me on Instagram at the Christelle SJ. And uh, I, you can find me on all other forms of social media under my name as well. Awesome. And then pick yourself up of a copy of Black Writers Matter coming yeah. out soon. Coming up soon. Um, I'll put the link in all of that. Thank you so much, Christelle. Thanks so much for having me. This has been a great pleasure. Yeah, it felt really good to